Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Tom Izzo wasn't happy at halftime, but Michigan State used an impressive second half to run away from rival Michigan and pick up a much-needed win on Tuesday night. Not only was it a victory over a struggling rival, but it was also Tom Izzo's 700th career win. Happy birthday to the coach. We will discuss the milestone victory and what it could mean for the Spartans moving forward on episode 137 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Lawson, and Matt Wenzel with you on Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. And already done with a month and 24. This, I swear this calendar is moving faster than it used to. But uh, Kyle, we got a lot to get into, so let's just get into it. I mean, there was I think the conversation around the game was kind of muted last night. You know, it was a lot of talk about how the rivalry didn't seem to, to have a ton of chatter or buzz or juice, as the kids say. Uh, but I don't know. Watching on TV seemed like the atmosphere in the Breslin Center was still pretty hype. I mean, a bad Michigan-Michigan State rivalry game is still going to be a better atmosphere than most games. You know, even if Michigan is whatever they were, 7-13 and 13 down, Michigan State's 12-8. and eight. Um, it was still a rivalry game once they got going. The students had a lot to do with that, honestly, because, you know, 9 p.m. is still early for them. Um, so they were still there. Um, I thought they put on a great environment. And, yeah, Michigan State uh, played a pretty good last 20 minutes. And um, that and go right into the time is your 700 win celebration right afterwards. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly was not like uh, the heyday rivalry because you got to be playing for something. And these teams really aren't uh, – playing for very much right now, especially Michigan. But, um, you know, it, it ends up being um, being a pretty fun night at the Bryceland Center, everything considered. So, yeah, I mean, it was Michigan State ends up pulling away in the second half. It was a fun second half, 81-62. Game was probably closer than that for the majority of it, uh, especially the first half. Michigan simply couldn't miss. I didn't – they shot, what, over 60% in the first half, Kyle? I didn't think – you know, there was a couple times when Michigan State would get lost on the switches or they would go under a screen when they shouldn't against a good shooter. Um, but, I mean, when Terrace Reed is throwing up, you know, A-makers. That was his first three-pointer ever. Yeah, and he's putting him in the back of the net. I think it was pretty easy to watch the game and be like Michigan was getting a little bit fortunate on some of those shots that were going in because I didn't think Michigan State, you know, Tom wasn't happy, but I didn't think they were playing like awful defense. No, I mean, it did feel like going into halftime that what Michigan was doing wasn't sustainable um, as far as their shooting. I, I didn't think Michigan State was a little sluggish maybe for 10 minutes there to open the game. Um, and, and that's going to bite you against good teams. I mean, you don't have um, that margin for error once you get into March. So I think if there's frustration for Tom, it's that, that this team, like a lot of them, um, 
can't really put together 40 minutes, but um, against Michigan, uh, you can get away with a bad 10 minutes because, um, gosh, I think he's bad defensively. Um, I hadn't really like watched closely um, for a full game, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, they Michigan State got the shots they wanted and was hitting them. I mean, Jay Nakin hits a couple, he starts to get hot, and then is wide open for his fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh three pointer of the night. Um, and uh, good on him, he hit him, but um, it was a good night to to be a good shooter. I don't know what that zone was that Michigan was playing. I mean, there was a couple times when their Michigan State's just passing around the perimeter and Jaden Akins is just standing in the corner. Yeah. And Mahdi doesn't even really have to like set a screen. He just kind of stands there and Jaden's mm-hmm. just dropping him down. But yeah, seven for 10 from long range. I mean, we know Jaden Akins is a good shooter. He shot over 40% last year. Uh, he struggled with it a bit at times, even missed, I think, a couple open ones in this game. Uh, Tyson Walker went 0 for 6 from 3. So, I mean, he had some wide open looks he missed. So, sometimes they are still missing those shots. But, I don't know, man. Jade Nakins, like, if he can become that guy that can just be a threat all over the court defensively, he made some things happen. Um, You know, three steals. Still just the three rebounds. I think Tom would like more than that. But he was active, not just on the offensive end, but all over the court. And, I mean, this is the guy that was one of the biggest breakout candidates coming into the year. Consistency is still not there, but I mean, Jade Nakins is one of those guys with a, with a sky high ceiling. And if he can bring this kind of scoring and activity to the team, I mean, it, it really elevates the group. I think Jaden probably would have been tops on my list of most disappointing guys uh, before Tuesday. Um, and not that he was terrible, but just like you said, he finished last year so well, Went through the NBA draft process, had a healthy offseason, um, you know, after dealing with the injury stuff last year. And yeah, it felt like he was tops on the breakout candidate list and just hadn't happened. It felt like he'd have these these games, especially against some weaker teams where he'd hit a lot of shots and you'd feel like he gets going. But then, um, you know, just wasn't happening for him consistently. I think he was like two for 12 um, in his last three games and it felt like he was missing a lot of open shots. So felt to me like he was due. Um, and I want Matt to chime in because I actually didn't talk to Jaden last night. Matt was on the Jaden beat last night. But, um, you know, I, I mean, the big question is, does this lead to him finishing the season strong like he did last year? Or is this kind of another one of these blips where he hits some shots, but then kind of goes back to being what he was? I mean, that's going to be, uh, to me, a big determinant of what this team is the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I, you know, he Jaden had said, he, you know, there was never a moment where he's lost confidence in his shot. But, you know, once... They started dropping early, you know, he, he kind of just felt like he got in a rhythm and it was going to be one of those nights. But, you know, he he had that that, that bucket in the paint, uh, kind of a little tough layup there to, to get Michigan State started and made his first three and just kind of kind of rolled from there. I thought, you know, he saw some good defense from him at times. And uh, Tom actually talked about that after the game and how he thought he played, played better defense in the second half. But, yeah, I mean. There's some some wide open looks there, you know. As far as what you're, you know, we're talking about Michigan's defense. Uh, Juwan Howard after the game called him what mental or you know breakdowns, you know. But that's all. That's a you know that was a pretty repetitive thing to see. But <laughs> was it uh, AJ uh, after the game? AJ Hogard said that during the shoot around, um, uh, Jaden got a little pissed at him uh, because he didn't pass him the ball at one point in time. So uh, AJ told him he's going to need five threes from him tonight. So. Seven, yeah, you know, but he, he he said nine is his is his career high. He he had in the game in high school, so still work to go to to get there, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a much needed game for him. Uh, you know, like like Kyle had mentioned, the last three outings, he he unshot the ball very well, and you know, get a chance to come alive. Uh, 
in a rivalry game. He grew up in the state playing, you know, watching this. So his biggest game, uh, obviously, uh, well, career highs in points and, and threes and, and, you know, a big performance against Michigan. So, um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, obviously a, a very good game from, from him overall. It, it had to mean a lot to him. I mean, there's the picture that fans like to put on social media of Jade Nakins, you know, uh, as, as a youngster, and he says he wants to play basketball at Michigan State, obviously a Michigan kid. So uh, he's obviously making that happen now, but you you see a big game. I mean, that's kind of when your legends are born in, at Michigan State, you know, in these big rivalry games. Not that this one had, like, the juice or the stakes that some other ones have, but when you can put a performance like that together, I think it's something that could propel him forward. I mean – I tweeted last night, you know, you look at Michigan State hopes this is a game where you look back that this is the game that got Jay Nakins going. Now they play Maryland on Saturday. If it goes away and he does, it's not there anymore, we're right back to having the same consistency conversation that we're having with a lot of these guys. But we know the ceilings there with Jade Nakins. We know what he has inside. And I think sometimes it's just mental with him. So uh, if he can continue to to lock in, I think that's a huge boost for this team. Um, I, I couldn't believe it looking at like last night, uh, somebody on Twitter put, you know, the, the most three pointers in a game. We obviously all remember the Bryn Forbes game, but Sean Respert hit eight threes in a game four times. I, I That was before my time, man, but that had to have been fun. I, I would like to chime in as the, the elder statesman on this uh, podcast. And I do recall uh, the Sean Respert days very, very, very well. There was, I think it was his senior year when they played in Ann Arbor. And he just went off, and it was—I mean, he was just such, such a smooth shooter. You know, if he had been, if Sean Respert had been four inches taller, three inches taller, I mean, geez, that guy, that guy could shoot. But yeah, he—I remember, I—I I remember his uh, senior year. I think it was uh, going to Michigan and, and lighting it up down there. But man, that dude could shoot. <laughs> he was fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking at it now, he had nine in the game actually one time too against Indiana on 95. So uh, some good shooting performances. Jaden put up one of the, the best we've seen in a long time last night. So that was a good move. Uh, what's the significance of 700 wins for Tom Izzo, Kyle? I mean, obviously very few men have done that. It comes against his rival. It's on his birthday. People are going to make a lot about, you know, that poetic uh, uh, sort of happenstance but uh you know i'm sure he down i didn't get to listen to the press conference but i know he he probably downplayed it a little bit but uh it's a, it's significant nonetheless and i think just seeing the scene the celebration the love that everyone had for him the players holding up the 700 signs behind him last night uh, these are just kind of things kind of like the steven Izzo bucket these kind of galvanizing moments that i think can really help a team yeah, I mean, it's it's a round number. We celebrate round numbers, right? But, um, you know, Izzo, like usual, um, you know, talked a lot about his players. Um, he had a lot of former guys back, including Pig Miller, a uh, new name to the list. Don't see him around very much, but uh, Tom was excited to see him. Um, and then the usual suspects, a lot of guys that are around a lot. But he was excited about that. The, the thing that stuck out, so there's 38 guys that have 700, which is, you know, a decent amount, but only 10 have gotten 700 at one school. Most of those guys have jumped around, um, you know, a lot of times it's moving up, but sometimes it's, you know, moving out of someplace, you know, wearing out your welcome, needing to move on for some reason. So I think what Izzo is most proud about with that number is that he's been able to do it at one place and at one high level, you know, place where he's going to net, going, winning national titles, going to final fours, doing it um, all at one stop. I mean, that's a rarer list than being able to have that much longevity and consistency at one school 
it's kind of what stands out about Tom um, doing that. So um, it's a big one. As, as he's joked afterwards, I don't think Shashevsky's worried about uh, Izzo coming and taking down his wins record. But um, yeah, I mean, 700, it's, uh, it's a pretty remarkable achievement. Looking at that Shashevsky total is just, it will never not blow my mind to just think about how much Tom Izzo has won and he's still that far behind uh, that guy. is just, it's crazy. Um, let's see. I mean, it was a big night for milestones too, right? Like Malik got his 603 bound. AJ got a thousand points. I saw the team put out that the only one of seven players with a thousand points and 500 assists. And he's, he joined Scott Skiles, Denzel Valentine, Mateen Cleaves, Cassius Winston, Drew Neitzel, and Kalen Lucas. I mean, that's, I don't know, I feel like we don't think about AJ Hogard as in the same tier as those guys, probably because he, the team hasn't had as much success, but like, that's pretty dang good company. Yeah, I hadn't realized. It's funny. His thousand point was, um, it's like you're finishing up your game story and it's like the last minute and they announce it over the PA and it's like, oh crap, I got to gotta shoehorn this in here somewhere. Um, I'd not, they're coming fast, man. Like like Tyson, um, Malik and AJ have all like hit their thousands. So um, anyway, yeah, I mean, he's just been, I mean, the turnovers have been an issue, but he's been pretty consistent showing up playing 25 30 minutes a night um starting um starting or playing pretty much starters minutes for for several years and yeah i mean he's they haven't won as much under him he hasn't you know maybe made first team all big 10 or something like that but as far as a pretty steady point guard um who's played in a lot of games for them and moved the ball well and scored pretty well when they need him to um, I mean, he's just been a steady guy, um, you know, probably not as high, um, on the list of greats as some of those other guys he's with, but the fact that he's able to get his name on a list with them shows that, um, you know, he's been able to, to keep showing up every night and, and, and put together numbers like that. Matt, I, I saw your beat reporting from the is the happenings of the football players in there. Did we get any reaction to, uh, everyone eating good with the chicken nuggets in the crowd last night because it was a big chicken nugget night in East Lansing. Yeah, that, that came in pretty fairly late, if I remember right, Kyle. And late in the second half when they said it was like unlocked six, whatever. Uh, no, I was just, you know, I, I happened to be where I was sitting. I was, uh, you know, spending some of uh, the timeouts just checking out to see what the, uh, some of the football players were doing in the zone and they were, they looked like college kids. I, I I will say that Dylan Tatum at one point they had these big foam, you know, the foam Spartan helmet things. He had like six of them on his head at once and was was having fun. They were wrestling a couple of Aiden Childs and Jordan Hall and Montori Foster wrestling over a t shirt, ball and whatever. But uh, yeah, they look like they're having uh, the good time. Uh, so that's that's my there's a, there's your football update right now. Um, that's about all I got for you. <laughs> That reminds me the um the the football team put out some pictures of them reacting to the to the Cohen Car block, which are really funny. You should you should go find them. But that Cohen Car block, holy crap, like that's Oh my gosh. Like Tom called it maybe the best in the building, which which seems like kind of trap in the moment hyperbole, but like I don't know, man. Like the athleticism to come across the court, um, the timing to hit it like that. I mean, shoot just the aim to be able to get your hand right on the ball. I don't know. It's it was one of the more incredible. I feel like I say this like every week or two with with Cohen Carr, but just one of the more incredible physical displays I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's just getting started with Cohen Carr. That was a good, you know, what thirty second burst from him because he on the other end he you know he plowed over uh, was it Jackson in the lane and then uh, was back with the big block. So yeah, that was I don't know. You you saw a little. There was like that little bit of push from the freshman last night. You know, 
Xavier Booker in there in the first half, banking in a three from the top of the key. Uh, you know, offensive board in there. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. You saw, you saw just a – I'm sure when when fans were looking at this class of freshmen coming into the year, this is not what they envisioned would be. Um, a freshman contribution would be, a, you know, banking in a three and, you know, just a couple little plays here and there. But it's, you know, noteworthy. This is a little bit of life in the first half when they weren't really playing that well. Booker's coming along, I think. He's going to start getting a little more and more minutes. I mean, he's obviously a threat on the offensive end. He helps with their floor spacing. I was going to ask you about Booker, and and we were seeing some Booker-Kohler lineups, which I know is something that a lot of people have wanted to see. You know, you're obviously giving up a little size, giving up some rebounding, and probably some defense as well. But, you know, from a front court scoring standpoint, I mean, that's that should be pretty potent. I just don't know if that's going to be like a thing going forward. I know that's something that a lot of fans want. I just... You know, Tom's not going to give up on the rebounding and defense like that, but it is intriguing when those two are in there at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that's matchup dependent, you know, and, and the last two, Wisconsin and, and Michigan, roll a lot of too big. So I think you saw a little bit more. Uh, maybe they liked it and maybe they'll find a way to to get it in there more. But I think most nights um, having a guy like that in the fourth spot probably isn't going to make as much sense as having Will they call out there more and, you know, maybe getting a Cohen car in there as a reserve? Um, so maybe, but I, I do think um, both those guys are better. I think Booker um, Booker has been better. And, you know, I, I think back to like last year when um, Carson Cooper's not really doing anything at this point of the year. And then um, by the NCAA tournament, he's playing significant minutes and a, a big reason why they beat uh, USC. Uh, and played well in that game. So I, I think there's there's hope for those guys to be able to kind of keep coming on. I mean, I don't think they're going to end up with the seasons that most people hope that they would have, but I think they could be significantly contributing by then. And um, man, Cohen Carr, it's like he, he can make those plays. Like if he can just, if he can play well enough to, to get on the court more, um, man, he's, the idea of him being able to do that more regularly, it just changes the game so much what he does. Um, he's got a his defense. I mean, you got to kind of watch him closely, but he he makes a fair amount of mysteries on defense, which is why I know a lot of people freak out like, um, oh, he makes a big play, then he gets taken out. I mean, that's that's rotation. That's trying to get your main guys back in there. And like he is hurting you in some ways. Um, but if he can figure that stuff out, um, man, the, the energy he brings, I mean, not just to the fans, but like you watch the bench when he does some of this stuff, like it's, um, it, it's really high energy stuff. So if they can, if they can figure out a way to get him in there more, um, I really like what he can bring. And the stuff that he can do are like areas that the team needs help in. Like they got out rebounded 34, 26 last night. Cohen Carr could help there. You know, yeah. Matt just brought up when he drove to the basket aggressively on that one, which is what he has to do because he can't really shoot. But I mean, mm-hmm. Michigan State shot eight free throws last night compared to 26 for Michigan. Like yep. Cohen Carr is one of those guys to, that can get to the basket and either dunk or draw fouls. Not that he's going to be a great free throw shooter, but I just think that his athleticism and his abilities and his at, is kind of what Michigan State needs because they can be undersized at times against some of these teams and they lack length and height. And Cohen Carr can bring that kind of stuff. And so if these freshmen can keep coming along, you get Jackson Kohler involved, Aikens does his thing. I think, you know, the team becomes deeper and becomes less guard oriented, which it's going to be a guard run team. But uh, Malik Hall being aggressive, there's just more options when you when you get that going. Is Tyson Walker good physically? Yeah, that's a good question. And and this was among my first questions for Israel when we talked to him next, probably on Thursday. He It feels like 
he might be wearing down a little bit um, and trying to be a small guy competing in the Big Ten when you're the best player and everyone's um, trying to slow you down. It feels like maybe that's catching up to him or maybe he just had two bad games in a row, which he's he's allowed to have. Um, uh, he's been pretty consistent throughout the year. But yeah, is this, is this a couple bad games or is Tyson Walker starting to wear down, get hurt? It looked like um, might have been like a leg issue um, last night. Like he was maybe dragging one of his legs. Well, he's got the shin thing, right? Doesn't he's he? Have got, the- I can't. I can't keep up with all of his things. Um, but you know, but there's games where, like early in the early in the game, it looks like he's got some sort of injury, and then he plays through it and like drops twenty five or thirty. Um, so you never know with him. Sometimes he's able to kind of shrug off this minor stuff, and it's not affecting him at all. But it feels like stuff's affecting him more. I mean, he was over six, like you said, from three last night, four for 14 um, against Wisconsin. So two bad games in a row starting to get, starting to feel a little bit um, concerned about where he is, but they've had other guys. Well, last night, not against Wisconsin, but against Michigan, they had other guys able to pick up the slack. So that's the good news. Yeah. And four assists, three steals, you know, made some good passes. The one under the basket that was kind of crazy on the kick out to, to Aikens. I mean, he's still impacting the game. I just, it does look like, you know, cause he's running off those pin downs and off those screens and the guys are all over him, you know? So he's, He's in and he's a smaller guy, so he definitely is getting banged around a little bit. Hopefully he can uh, get rested up, but seeing these other guys maybe taking off some of the load is a good sign as well. Um, let's see, what what about moving forward? I mean, Michigan State, the schedule, we've talked about it. It kind of opens up now. They've got some home games. They've got some opponents that looks like they're going to win. Ken Palms thinks they're going to be favored in what, every game except one the rest of the way. So uh, could this be a springboard kind of into a run now, you think? So this is what um, I'm writing about for tomorrow. So I've been looking deeper into this. Uh, The month of February, they have seven games. Their three road games are all against teams they've already beaten by 10 or more points at home. Um, Road games are Minnesota, Penn State, and Michigan. So you think you'd have a decent chance. I mean, the road's always hard. It seems even harder this year in college basketball. But um, that's about as manageable a three-game road schedule for the month as you can have. And... The rest, they only have placed one opponent that's above 500 in the Big Ten, and that's Illinois. You got them at home, and you were within three points beating them on the road. So, um, And then your other ones are Maryland, Iowa, and Ohio State. Iowa and Ohio State are um, probably trending downwards the quickest of any teams in the Big Ten right now. So really, really manageable schedule. Um, like we've talked about, the predictive metrics have always favored Michigan State. That's not a given, you know, um, sometimes teams just aren't what the metrics say, but a lot of times teams kind of trend towards what um, the metrics say you're going to be when you get into February and March and um, whether that's down or up. But the metrics say Michigan State is a better team right now than it's 13 and eight record. And I, I think between what those metrics say and how the schedule sets up, um, February could be the month where they kind of get closer to what we think they might be. Um, and that's a solid NCAA tournament team, probably more in the sixth range than the eight or nine range that they're in right now. Um, and a team that should be able to, to lock that up here in February because March, March is uh, Purdue um, Northwestern at home at Indiana. So um, March is going to be a little bit tougher, but if you can get your, get your work done in February um, I mean, I, I think winning five to six of those games or those seven games in February uh, should be very doable. 
Yeah, I mean, the metrics say that Michigan State is one of the most unlucky teams in the country as well, which last night I'm watching that first half against Michigan and I'm seeing some of these shots going and I'm like, still, really? Like, when is this going to turn? You know, like, because it did, and you watch the bench, like, that's one thing I've noticed with some of the shots that have gone in, like, when Winter, the backup big man, was making them for Wisconsin last game or when guys who make threes that shouldn't, Llewellyn even last night, and you watch the bench and you just see, like, Tom and Monty and the Kelly, like all the coaches on the bench just are like losing their minds, like throwing their hands up in the air, grabbing at their head. Like, why is that going in? Because they're like, we're game planning, right? And the shots are still going in. So uh, there has been some of that. How do you view their chances moving forward, Matt? <laughs> is Jake Nakins going to hit seven three pointers a game, you know, or is it, you know, the, is, uh, you know, Tyson Walker going to be 0 for six and, and Hogarth 0 for two from beyond the arc. But, but Walker had wide open looks that he was missing. I mean, he's going to make those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, aside from what you guys, you know, just talking about, you know, possibly being a little beat up. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a very good player. You know, uh, Jawan called him what the head of the snake last night and, and you know they did a good job you know uh you know defending him i thought reed showed some pretty athletic feet for a big man out there but anyways the weeds yeah i mean I, I don't know i feel like everybody knows who this team is we've you know we've talked about it a million times you've seen these guys you know for for years it, you know it's just a matter of their ceiling their peak is when they're playing really well is you know baylor uh <laughs> The flip side is they they can they can look pretty bad too. So I don't know. I think this is you know if you had everything clicking, you know I, I I don't know, but I think you know this is a team that if they're playing, you know about up to where where they should be, it's a, you know could be a Sweet Sixteen team. But you know it's still you know it's it's kind of been it feels like a struggle to get there fairly regularly, just making shots and kind of getting through the. Well, the grind of the Big Ten here in end of January. They're so matchup dependent to me, though. Like, they lose to Wisconsin by 13 and 15 because Wisconsin has a talented offensive big they can't defend, and they've got one of these oversized wing guys in A.J. Store who Michigan State small guards can't really defend. Um, so if you if you get teams that don't have those, they can look pretty good, like Baylor um, or Michigan. But And that's why the NCAA tournament, like we always say, matchups, you know. Um, there's teams that I could see them having very little chance against the tournament, but there's draws where I could see them being able to go on a pretty long run. Um, they're, just, they're very unique personnel-wise to me this year, whereas their fortunes can be very different depending on what type of team they play. It just feels like the sum of their parts should be better than what it's been. You know, it just feels like it could be. I mean, they obviously have flaws. They're undersized. They aren't a great rebounding team. Sometimes they get stagnant on offense when they're not running. But it's, I don't, it just feels like they have enough good players that they should be able to perform more consistently than they have been. And, you know, we'll see if it clicks at some point. It, it's still out there and it's still possible. But, uh, you know, Terrace Reed, I, I was thinking about that last night because Tom Izzo was after Terrace Reed a lot, you know, and they recruited him and he chose Michigan over them. And I'm just like, if you put Terrace Reed like on this Michigan State team, I think he's, you know, he's not like a great low post score, but he would bring some physicality that Michigan State would absolutely love to have. I mean, that's kind of a moot point because it's not happening, but uh, 
I just I just thought was thinking about that last night. Uh, do we have anything else here, or are we pretty good to? I mean, they play Maryland again this weekend. I guess we should mention that five thirty on Saturday. Maryland just beat Nebraska uh, in, in a hard fought game that I watched a lot. They've won two in a row. Um, same thing, struggling on offense, but you know, a team that can absolutely uh, come at you with a lot of different ways. And uh, you know, Julian Reese did a pretty good job on him last game, but you know, they do have some stars, so that'll be a game that Michigan State will want to get at home. Yeah, I mean, they, they did a pretty good job on Jameer Young um, last time. So um, it, it'll be another test of their perimeter defense, which to me has been kind of hot and cold. Um, I think when those guys are really clicking, they can um, they can really shut down opposing perimeters. Um, but they've had times when that hasn't happened, too. So I did, did want to go back to one thing real quick. As Matt reminded me, talking about Terrace Reed, like that's kind of what concerned me maybe a little bit about Tyson. Is they kept getting him switched on to Terrace Reed, and then he – couldn't really, you know, get to the hoop or get around him, which you would think he'd normally be able to. And like, I know everyone would seem mad about the possession at the end of the first half, but to me, like they did what they, they got what they wanted. Like they got Tyson one-on-one against the big kind of slow footed big man. Um, but he still kind of just didn't put it on the floor. So and I feel like Tyson Walker usually, you know, gets that play done. So stuff like that, you asked earlier about like, where is he at physically? That's kind of the sort of stuff that makes me wonder a little bit. Yeah, because there was multiple times when it looked like, you know, a confident Tyson Walker, that's when he would pull the shot or he would he would, you know, drive the lane and put it up. I mean, he just looked kind of out of sorts. It looked like the confidence wasn't fully there. And you have to wonder if that's because just kind of in the back of the mind, he's he's not fully there physically. But uh, he's got a few days here to to try and get better. And then uh, and then they will move forward with with what they've got. I mean, Michigan State, this is a team, like Matt said, there's not a lot of secrets anymore, but there's a lot of things that could happen uh, that we just, we're not sure which way it's going to go. And that will kind of dictate how this season is going to end. But the schedule's setting up pretty good here for Michigan State to go on a bit of a run and kind of solidify their spot as that sort of second tier in the Big Ten uh, moving forward. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin and Purdue look like they've kind of separated themselves, maybe Illinois too. But I think after that, I mean, it's there for Michigan State to grab that last four uh, double by spot if they can go on a run here. Kyle will be there covering. We'll be watching all our coverage on MLive.com slash Spartans. So for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time and go green.